Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and turn on notifications so that you will receive alerts when there are new episodes. Go get it. You're in the right place. You checking out? Chip Baker, the success crowd. Conquer all my goals, then I'm living out my dream. Dig deep, go out and get it. Success Chronicles. Compete until it's finished. Success Chronicles. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chip Baker uh, coming to you with another episode of the Success Chronicles. And today we have uh, David Chen with us. And, uh, oh, man, um, amazing story. Uh, involved in lots, has overcome some amazing adversities, uh, you know, didn't use any of that as excuses, but, you know, chose to keep grinding and doing things the right way. And now, I mean, just an amazing story. And I'm so glad that he's taking the time to share his story with you guys. So, man, first, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. and follow you guys on Instagram, social media, Low Success Chronicles, and honored to be interviewed today. All right. Well, talk to us about your life story. You know, off air, we talked about some things. But if you don't mind talking, tracking your story up until now. Right. So I came here as an immigrant from uh, Taiwan. My parents fled uh, poverty and, and issue, issues that were there. Um, my grandpa was in China. He left China during the uh, revolution, didn't believe in what was going on over there. And so we came to the States when I was about two. And uh, it was a very humble upbringing. Uh, we were very, very poor. Um, economically, of course, uh, we lived in some of the poorest parts of Colorado. So poor that our uh, kitchen table was a cardboard box with a uh, mm. uh, yellow cloth over it. To um, I didn't even know what a bed frame was. So I was about twelve. I uh, didn't have my own room till I was fifteen. My own home till I was fifteen. And I just remember growing up as a kid, we were so poor that uh, the kids that could get bologna, you trade sandwiches. My parents gave me an egg sandwich. And as a kid, yeah. when you get an egg sandwich and you know, and it's a lunchbox, it does not smell very good for four or five hours. So I grab that sandwich, I eat it real quick, you know, stuff in my mouth. And then one day, kid up on my lunchbox, try to trade with me. It stank. I bolt out that room. I knew it was six, seven years old. And that's when I think I realized how economically poor we were. I mean, bologna was a good day for us. And yeah. so we were on welfare. We couldn't afford any of that either. Um, but that was kind of my upbringing. It was very, very humble uh, and, and, and very, very blessed also in many, many ways. Good, good deal. So, so what, as far as your career, if you don't mind tracking your career, you know, I know we talked about, you know, high school and college and kind of where you, you know, getting to where you are, if you don't mind talking about that. 
in high school, you know, my, we got a little bit better. My parents worked really hard, real American dream. You know, there were dishwashers when they started and they started managing restaurants and then eventually owned their own restaurant by saving, working hard, you know, greatest country in the world. They were able to do that. And uh, I went to uh, a school called Radford School in El Paso, Texas, and I graduated with uh, 11 people. Uh, it was uh, uh, not, not a giant school, but it was, it was a good school nonetheless. And a typical student, 3.4, you know, played sports, went to University of Arizona, first day I walk in there, and there's 400 people in my class. And it, it, was, it, was, it was, yeah, from 11 to 400. And I just remember going, Ooh. it was huge. And I did what most people did. I go to college, and I was trying to find myself, and always thought that there was a master plan that if you went to school and you got this degree, then you were going to get this, and that was guaranteed. And what ended up happening was I ended up dropping out of college seven years in because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I was so distracted by life itself and, and all the things that were going on. And then my parents had a heart attack, both of them, and we almost lost our home. So I 22, I go back, back home and I'm running their family, family restaurant and we're about to shut down. And I put in 100 to 120 hours a week working to keep that home that my parents were living in. My sister was going to college at that point. And I couldn't go anymore. I spent seven years there. It wasn't fair, you know. And uh, what was supposed to be a semester plan became a three-year plan. And I worked every single day, seven days a week. And that was just to keep the home that we lived in growing up as a child. We had already lost in the very, very beginning. had nothing. And at 25 years old, I'm sitting there managing the restaurant. And I'm trying to figure out what my niche is, what's going to make me different from everyone else. And for me, I was a very outgoing person. I speak five languages. So I knew that if I did my job in one language, you would have to hire four other people to do my job. So if I could do, do it and translate and talk to somebody, it would work out. So I went out and I networked at that restaurant that we had. And by the blessings of, of the good Lord above, we were able to get an interview one day from a man named Fausto Gallardo, a wrestler, soul, great guy. And he founded Deloitte. Deloitte is the largest accounting finance firm. They did $46 billion uh, a year ago, 290 countries. They audit 70, 80% of the world's largest companies. And I went in working there. Um, and the reason I went in was because they needed someone that could speak Chinese. That's what Chinese, Spanish, English, and then Taiwanese and a different dialect of Chinese Cantonese. And they needed someone that could speak the language and go from there. They built their whole business, their whole core in Mexico on manufacturing. So they spoke Japanese and they had they focused on the Japanese companies that were there. So they, they said, well, the Chinese are going to come there, we'll emulate it. And so I went in there working four days a week while running the restaurants at night. Mm. I was hustling, double hustling, still putting in 120 hours a week. You know, during my lunch break from work, I'd run over, I'd cook, then I'd jump in, put on a suit, and go back, to, go back there because I had to take care of my family and, and run it. And I went from making nothing and driving a beat-up uh, Honda Accord uh, in one year to making about 60 grand like that. And my friends, they were shocked. They said, how did you do it? You know, how did you go work at this largest, largest accounting firm where people can't even get it? And I said, I was very, very blessed. I spoke languages. But it's a really interesting story, Chip, and I think you're going to like this. I worked there for eight months, and I asked for training. And every single day, I asked to get trained. You know, we do accounting, finance, JVs, M&As. And so it was a little bit above my spectrum, and I'm thinking they have to train me. And I kept asking for it. And I just kind of dibbled out on my computer and asked for it. And they never gave it to me. And eight months later, I was fired. Mm. And so now, at this point, you know, young hustle, 
you know, you went from making nothing to making 60. So, yeah. you know, partying, new house, nice car, right? Going out and having a good time. And um, almost forgetting again who I was and, and very humbly was knocked down again. And I think I realized at that time, the reason I got let go was because, um, long story short, the guy who brought me in, I left, the other guy came in, and my numbers, they weren't hitting. And numbers are like school, right? You don't hit your sales goal, it's like you don't get an A. You don't hit your sales goal, it's like you don't get a B. But you don't hit your sales goal in the real world, you don't get penalized, you get fired. Fired, yeah. Yeah. And for two months, I was in, in mad depression. I mean, I was really sad. I, you know, here I am again at 25, now I have a nice car, nice home. And I, and I could not make it anymore. I couldn't figure out what I was going to do. And so I prayed and I thought, and I went back to the managing partner and I begged him for my job. And I told him this. I said, look, give me a chance. I'll take $24,000 a year, a 60% pay cut, and I will go back there and I will sell every one of your services to the Chinese companies. That was my niche that no one else could do. And give me three months. And if you don't do it, you're only out six grand. But if you do do it, one sell will get you 40, 50 grand. And, and, and Antonio Gary was a gentleman that gave me the shot and said, I'll give you a shot. And this time when I went back, I went on this amazing thing called Google, started typing in what we did, started training any answer you want. You know, we're in a world where you can find it immediately. And I'm Googling and I find out what we did, where we're at, learning about Chinese politics, learning about news, reading it, making myself an expert in the field. And I went out and my first year, I stayed on my second year. Um, I realized at Tijuana, so you know, going out and finding out my own needed in San Diego. They needed the same type of business, which was Chinese business and in Latin America, Latin America and China. And this is the largest firm in the world, and no one could tell me what I had to do. I went out and I looked for it. I made myself special, something different that no one else in this firm of two hundred ninety thousand people was doing. And I went out there and I found that in Tijuana. And they gave me an extra, the, the gentleman there, Marisa Monroy, paid me an extra 12000 a year. So now I'm at 36000 By my third year, I ended up hitting the same amount. By my fourth year, I was in six figures. And by my seventh year, I made partner. And I was one of the youngest partners in the whole world. And, you know, anyone that wants to check, you can put in David Chin, Deloitte, Mexico. And you'll see me on CNN to Yahoo to, to El Financiero, Wall, you know, Wall Street Journal. You'll see me. And I was making the largest deals in the world happen because I didn't give up. And I was there for 10 years at this giant firm. And um, it was an amazing journey and experience, you know, and a lot of humbling and, and knowing that there were no excuses to try and do what you had to do. And then I left uh, Deloitte and uh, during the, the crisis of, of Mexico where you couldn't control the economy, the peso went from, I was going to pay in pesos. So mm. it was 11 pesos to a dollar, 22 to a dollar is making half. I left and I joined a firm called BLCP Capital out in Scottsdale. And we did our own uh, private equity. We closed some deals. We were selling portions of an NBA team. We had deals for sports players. We had real estate deals. We had medical deals. And it was all the stuff that I was looking and finding and doing on my own and really making it and going out there. And again, hustling, you know, putting together the deals that made sense talking to people, trying to put it all together as one, and really trying to figure out the best way to make the deals work. I was there for two and a half years, and then I joined a company called SparkleCoin, which is a cryptocurrency blockchain company, as a financial advisor in August. Uh, 
and then joined them in September as their interim CFO in business development and have been with them up until now developing and putting blockchain in real world applications. And the craziest part about all these stories is, although I was still working at the corporate level, I still have my own businesses. So I have a general contracting company, I have a packaging company, I have restaurants, I have real estate acquisitions company, and, and uh, I have a couple of companies where we put products on Amazon. And so during this whole entire time, as I'm doing everything else and working and grinding, I'm still having my own businesses, and that was over the, the span of these 15 years. So still get home at night, working three o'clock in the morning, making conference calls, because that's to me is, 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 is the real hustle is really trying to work around and doing the things that no one else wants to do. Again, your special niche. And so that's kind of where I am right now. Very, very blessed. And uh, it's, it's been an amazing opportunity that I think that's happened. Man, that is an awesome story. A, a long way from the, from the, the cardboard box table, huh? 12, I mean, you think about it. I started only 12 years ago. You know, 25, I was living out of my parents' house. It was only, this isn't 12 years. You know, I'm 38 this year. Don't tell anyone that's a secret. You know. what I, yeah. being Asian, you know, people can't like, tell. Like, but man, it's a long way. Like a couple years ago, huh? Yeah, it was like 12 <laughs> years ago. I mean, it's a long way. I mean, you don't allow anybody to stop you. Yeah. you know, I didn't have a relationship with my dad. You know, my parents didn't understand what the word honor roll meant. So at fourth grade, I, I stopped making the honor roll because they couldn't understand the language and they tried. I mean, they tried their darndest to do it. They were trying to help me with word problems, and even then they couldn't help me with math because by sixth grade they couldn't understand what it said. Mm. You know, so it was really not giving up and not allowing the world to tell me that I couldn't do it. But it wasn't me being ridiculous and thinking of some sort of imaginary dream that, oh, I'm just going to do this and this, and I'm going to do this and this, and I'm going to follow everyone's way and get instant gratification and make it work. I, I really, really hustled. And if those who want to look at me, you know, follow me up on Instagram, it's David Chen Panda, you'll see presidents i have nice cars i mean i have nice homes i help a lot of people and that's really to me the true blessing of life you know is helping others no doubt about it man so what are what are three things you've accomplished in your life that you're proud of <clears throat> i think the first thing is wrecking recognizing myself and in the form of what i call the ego see this is the hardest thing for any entrepreneur, in my opinion, any man to face. I was sitting there one day with my friend, and he, and he, was, he, he drove a, a Lamborghini Gallardo, so three years ago. He looks him over at me, he goes, David, the next car I want is a, is a Huracan. And I said, okay. And I looked at him, I said, why? And he said, that's the car I want. That's a dream I want. And of course, you know, I, I have nice cars, so I said, that's, that's great. And I said, but why do you want it? He goes, but that's my dream. And I realized, because I rally raced, that even though you could get the Huracan, there's no one that's going to have an Aventador, someone's going to have an Aventador SV, someone's going to have a, a, a Bugatti. And what had happened was we forgot 10 years ago, had we made it to where we are now, it would have been enough. That one nice car, that home, the family. And we start forgetting all that stuff because our egos take place. Our egos take place in the form of, I need to one-up it because everyone's watching. And I need to one-up it. And eventually you want up it so high that the foundation starts to fall. And that to me was a big issue. And we forget how blessed we really are and why we got what we got. You know, it's always more and it's always more, but more to the point where you're forgetting to spend time with your family, your friends, church, the blessings of life, because we wanted more. You know, we made it. 
That's reality. 20 years ago, wherever you were, the worst time in your life, you made it. And if you can recognize when you're making a decision, and any decision, am I doing this because I really need it, or is it because of my ego? I promise you, that decision, once you make it, you will be at peace. You will be at peace. But if you make it because of your ego, then it's like, how am I going to up myself the next one? And eventually, you lose it all. And so my first lesson really is ego, taming your ego, knowing the difference between want and, and, and you trying to do it for yourself. And, and that's a very, very important lesson to me. Mm -hmm. um, the second one I would say is your niche. There's, we're in a world right now where universities and societies and you know, a lot of these, these young people are going to school and they're learning school and they're learning education. And they're learning it from the same books and the same teachers and the same institutions. And what they're trying to forget is they're not realizing that when you're doing all this, you still have to be different. And I told this to one of my interns one year. You know, he goes, he, he named his college, I'm not going to name his college because they don't know I'm talking about him. But um, I said, if you were first place in this college and I'm here at Deloitte and I'm reading your resume, do you think I would pick the first place person from your college or the last place person from Harvard? He goes, Harvard. I go, exactly. I go, this is the world that we live in. It's computerized. They go through it. The HR guys go through it. Before you go one-on-one -on -one and you're shooting off of amazing how great you are, you still have to pass the basic computer algorithms and look for these type of things, nice schools, things like that. So what's going to make you different? What's going to separate you from the 60,000 people you graduated with in college? And usually the versions of those, of those textbooks are the same. So for those 10 years, they're learning the same thing. So now you're coming at 600,000 people from that college, not to mention everyone in the U.S. and everyone in the world. What is your niche? What's going to make you different? For me, I spoke five languages. I speak five languages. That helps me a lot. I can do the job of four other people. You need, if you need to sit there, and if you really think about it, I speak 80% of the world's languages. So mm -hmm. if I can sit there and I can translate and I can talk and I can understand, I can business negotiate Chinese and Spanish or English and Chinese so quickly that they don't need someone else. And oftentimes when I'm even doing that, I catch up the translators are even wrong because there's a business translation. I understand the business side of it. There's a business culture. So you have to know what your niche is. I don't care what you're doing, but if you're out there working, like, like Kobe said, he was always the first one there. He was always the last one to leave. You have to constantly be different and better than everyone else if you truly want to make it. And to me, the niche is the most important thing. That's, that's my second one. My third one is patience. We're in a world where you go on Instagram and, and you're looking in 15 minutes to see how many likes you have. And then you go on Facebook and you're seeing, and at the end of the day, how many people made a comment? And it's this instant gratification that we now live in. And we forget that everything on social media is a highlight reel. That's all it is. It's highlight reel. I am going to put my highlight reel out to you. It's like watching ESPN and, you know, so-and-so scores 50 points and so-and-so scores 40 points. And you see the highlight reels, the top 10 plays, but you don't see the practice, the hours, the tears, the sweat. You don't see any of that. And so these kids, they come online and they see, you know, all these major guys who are trying to help them out. And they don't realize that they were just like you. And, they, and, and business guys, you know, they see the, the, the Warren Buffett, but they don't realize that Warren Buffett has been this for 50, 60 years. And I think patience is such an important thing, not because you can't do it, but because you have to realize that you're continuing to do it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, I always tell this to people, 
I said, it reminds me a lot of the Chinese bamboo. And he said, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, you know, the Chinese bamboo is very, very simple. It's on a piece of land, you water it, and you have to mulch it every day. But you have to water it for five years, right? Bam. And for five years, you see nothing. And then one day, bam, it grows up. And five weeks, it goes 90 feet. If anyone was impatient for those five years, it would have never grown. But in five weeks, it made it. And I think people, if they can be patient and check what makes them different, that way in business they're different, but more importantly, check their ego while they're doing these, this thing. To me, it, it makes a big difference on what you're trying to do and succeed. And you know, you don't have to conquer the world, you just have to conquer yourself. And that's all that matters. I like that. You don't have to conquer the world. You just have to conquer yourself. Sir. I love it, man. What's your definition of success? You know, it's so funny. You know, if you asked me this 10 years ago, it's a very different story than it is now. Like everyone, you know, you're caught up in the, uh, the limelight and the spotlight and everything else. And I remember I was working so hard that I was missing on weddings and birthdays and friends. And one of my friends said to me, hey, Dave, we understand, you know, you're a real busy guy. We'll just catch up and go from there. And I started realizing that my own family members were, were, were not able to see me anymore. And when I was really making it to the point where I could start buying my mom, bought my mom a nice car, bought my dad a nice car, you know, bought them home, started taking care of them, started back at family vacations. None of that mattered because they couldn't be with me. So my true definition of success is the balance of life. You know, you don't have to be, the, the guy out there where everyone needs to know. You know, you don't have to be the guy out there who's making a billion dollars. You have to check your own ego and realize that why did we do this to begin with? And as business people, we, we tend to forget that we were doing this to make our parents proud, to pay the bills, to give, to give money to raise for our children. We start forgetting all that. We start going into a cycle of this vicious energy where we're trying to, trying to make it, try to be bigger and better and greater. And we start, we start forgetting the guys behind us were the ones that we were doing it for. We're so focused on this tunnel vision that we forget what's important, which is all here. And for me, real success is finding that balance of what truly makes you happy. And if you can find the balance and you can check your ego and you can be grateful for what you're trying to do, you will truly, truly be happy because no amount of money alone, no amount of family with no money, no amount of being with people or not being with people is going to make you happy unless you can balance it out and being truly grateful for what you have. And to me, that's real success. What do you think it takes to achieve success? Honesty with yourself. Uh, and that's hard, man. I mean, you know, I remember as a kid, my parents would always tell me something, and I'd be like, ah. and then I'd go back to my room and i think about it. You know, my girl would tell me something, ah. go back to my room and i think about it. You know, my boss tells me, ah, my boss, my employee, ah, my employee. What I realized was I was wrong. I could be like, yeah, but if you go back and you think about it and you really, really think about their positioning, first, it makes you a better business person because you always have to understand the other person's position and what they want besides what you want. That's the most important thing. Two, it makes you more humble. You're blessed that these people are talking to you. They didn't care. They wouldn't talk to you. So you're humbled. You're blessed. Take that as your advantage and understand that. Take that as an ability to really see what it is. Be humble. You know, and three, recognize it and, and really understand that why they're doing it. It doesn't mean that you have to listen to them. It doesn't mean that they're always right. It doesn't mean that they're always wrong. All that means is that you have to think about the process in their position 
and try to figure out your position and then move forward. That in itself is business negotiation. So if you can even do that, you're very, very blessed. And to me, that's very, very important because people don't do that. They tend to forget that, that that's it, that's, that matters. And I think that to me is a big, big issue. You know, they forget to do that. Man, well, there it is. Lots of heat laid out on this one, man. We might have to get to the fire extinguisher because there's some heat on this, <laughs> I appreciate on, it. on this episode, man. Thanks so much. Of course. Um, you know, like I told you off air, you know, when, when, when you have people that are, you know, movers and shakers, you know, doing amazing things, people are busy. And so, man, I, I just want to say again how much I appreciate the fact that you would take the time to, you know, interview with the Success Chronicles and, and share your story because, I, man, you know, where you come from to where you are, and people need to hear that. You know? Yeah, I, I love Success Chronicles. I think you're doing an amazing job, Chip. And, you know, if I tell anyone out there, man, you, you, it's not your fault you were born in this position, but it's your fault if you die in this position. So you've got to do something about it and you don't give up and, and you keep believing in what you're doing, and I think things will be okay. That's it. No excuses. No, no excuses. excuses. All right. Well, thank you guys for watching this episode, checking out this episode of The Success Chronicles. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you, guys. Go get it.